This is Tress McNeil, mom from Futurama, and you're listening to Mark and Out. This is Marking Out. Pro wrestling talk for pro wrestling fans. We marking out, y'all. Follow on Twitter. Pro wrestling talk for pro wrestling fans. We marking out, y'all. Marking out. Pro wrestling talk for pro wrestling fans. We marking out, y'all. Brennan likes this thing. Pro wrestling talk for pro wrestling fans. We marking out, y'all. We marking out. Pro wrestling talk by pro wrestling fans. Welcome to. Marking out pro wrestling talk by pro wrestling fans. This is episode 651. Make sure that you're checking us out over on markingout.com or wherever else you may be listening to podcasts such as Spotify. Give us a follow over on Twitter at Marking Out, Instagram at Marking Out 11, on threads, on threads at Marking Out 11 as well. Make sure you give us a follow on Twitch and also check us out on Facebook. Give us a like over there. You can subscribe to us at at YouTube. That would be very, very helpful. But something about very helpful would be heading over to ProWrestlingTees.com slash marking out and go buying a t-shirt. Go support your favorite podcast of all time. That's right. It's marking out. You can follow me, Dave the Rave. Over on all social media platforms at David PTDPT. You can follow Brandon on all social media platforms at BTTG161. And you can follow Chris over on Instagram at CMSweeney85 and on Twitter at ChrisSweenDog. But that being said, let's get the show on the road. I am here with Brandon. Brandon, how are you doing? I'm doing awesome as always. How about yourself? Doing awesome as always over here, brother. How was your uh your week? It was good. I went to on Friday I went to Fogo de Show and just oh, got the market it? table this time. Mm-hmm. And I thought we would be like the odd table out, only getting the market table. But out of seventeen tables there one person ordered the the full experience what's the full experience it's the meat all the meat all Mm -hmm. i did was get the the buffet part with like the salad bar and everybody else was just getting the salad bar why wouldn't why would you go there not to get that some people go there and just get the market table and out of 17 tables only one had that that's weird no I feel like buffet lunch. I feel like if you're going to a Brazilian restaurant like that, you're going for you should be going for the meats. I I can't explain it. I've I've certainly never seen that before, where they're only getting the market table. But yeah, (laughs) that's what it was. Definitely, definitely interesting. I still haven't been there, but I want to go there. But I want to go there a little bit less since you told me about what meats are on the menu. What do you mean? So, probably not going to end up going there. Yeah, but what do you mean? What, <laughs> what, was, what's wrong with the meats? I was hoping for more exotic meats. Oh, okay. More right, exotic sure. stuff, like ostrich and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, so that's I, not, I was, look, that's I was not hoping... Even... Remotely close. No, exactly. I I was hoping for like a Brazilian place with just very exotic 
foods on the menu. Uh, I don't even, even know if that I, I saw, anywhere. Well, I saw some places like they'll have like um, snake on the menu and stuff like that. I would be in. I wouldn't. I wouldn't rule out trying that. Mm. That would be interesting. Well, so what else did you end up I, doing? I also grilled up some burgers and onions on Saturday, and it was like super mm-hmm. nice out. So I was I was uh, outside making burgers, and then I realized actually first I was cutting the onions, and I realized that I had orange stuff all over my hands. And when I would when mm. I went to wash it off, it would turn yellow, and then the orange would would keep coming back. So I'm like retracing my steps to to see like where the hell is this coming from? Is it coming from the knife? Is it coming from the onion itself? Is it coming from the the sink, the door, the grill? And I couldn't like get as to where the hell this orange was coming from. Uh-huh. And then finally I realized I brushed up on a, a flower and all the spores got all over me. Oh, so that, that was stings. super annoying. Yeah, that was very annoying. It was all over my shirt. It was all over my hand. And the and then when I would wash my hand, the, the towel would turn yellow because of that. Oh, that's Absolutely stings. absurd. That's why you shouldn't have flowers. Who, who needs flowers? They don't do anything. They smell awful. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you. But that's really you know, all I did. That's cool. That's cool. I ended up, uh, <laughs> let's see, on Saturday, I ended up going down to Jones Beach. Went over there to just relax a bit, you know. It's between cohorts. So went down to the beach just to relax for like, um, I was there for like probably almost two hours. Do you pay for parking uh, and there? And then, I'm sorry? You pay for parking there? Yeah. Yeah. I think um, I don't. If I think I'm not mistaken, though. I think you can get a from your library the Empire Pass. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if that covers the Jones Beach parking or not. I'll have to look into that. I I saw a sign at the last moment about being a resident, but you're not a resident. Well, of town of Hempstead. Oh. But I'm not too sure. Um, yeah, but it, it was still worth it because I needed to get out. Um, and then Sunday, I actually ended up taking a trip to New York City. I ended up going to New York City. Uh, well, actually, I shouldn't say New York City. I was actually going to um, Brooklyn. I went into Brooklyn to meet up with one of my friends. Which is still New York City. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) That's very, very true. It was still very much so New York City. Um, But yes, I went into Brooklyn and I actually met up with a friend over in uh, Fort Greene. Met up with a friend over in Fort Greene. We grabbed some lunch over there. Went to a a French restaurant over there, which was... um, Really good. I ended up getting some eggs Benedict, which was um, tasty. And then after that, we ended up going down to the Brooklyn Museum for. She's big with music and everything, so they had a jazz musician that was performing there. Um, apparently, she was very well known, and her husband was very well known within like the jazz community. She was like uh, up. She was over like I think eighty five years old. Still performing and everything. Um, 
and I th I forgot her name, but she, it was very very good. It was in the it, her name was Bertha Hope, and her husband was Elmo Hope, and it was very good. It was outside of the Brooklyn Museum in like I guess a little garden area, so it was nice and relaxing, especially because it was so hot that day. But it was in the shade. Then after that, ended up heading back home, you know. But it was very good, well needed, a nice little uh, breather from that thing called uh, life. Just a good old <laughs> breather, which is, I think, very mentally important to take a breather. At times, especially when things just keep on going and going and going, you just have to have moments like that where you just step outside of it. So it was very beneficial for me. Yeah. But, yeah. Well, uh, I uh, I wanted to also thank Cassidy Pope again for allowing us to play her music on last week's episode. If you have not yet listened to Marking Out episode 650, definitely go do that. We played uh, People That I Love Leave. You could stream it. You could buy it. Uh, and her new single, Almost There, is out as well. So thanks again. Uh, let's move over to Monday Night Raw. Mm, Monday Night Nitro. Kicked off with the Judgment Day. And I like that Corey Graves mentioned that Dominic Mysterio is the only person ever to main event Monday Night Raw, NXT, and SmackDown in the same week. Last week, I think that's a pretty cool stat. Yeah, I think like that's... something we probably should have seen by now, but uh, that's not, not happened yet. Yeah, I think that that's really special and very cool. You know, very cool what they're doing and how they're utilizing Judgment Day across all three brands. Um, which I understand when people are like, oh, well, yeah, the draft. Uh. But it's like, I feel like it makes sense because Rhea Ripley is the champion. So if she's traveling because of EO Sky, because EO has the money in the bank. She mm -hmm. wants to make it known, like, don't you dare cash in on me. So where right where Rhea Ripley goes, Dominic goes. Damian Priest mm -hmm. has the Money in the Bank briefcase. So it's like where Damian Priest goes, Judgment Day goes. So he's issuing yeah. warnings on all three brands as well. So I kind of understand where they're coming from. But at the same time, Money in the Bank ties in. Yeah, I agree. I think it's it's a great way to tie them all together. But the Judgment Day were interrupted by Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. And Kevin Owens said that Dominic didn't learn his lesson last week. And then Sami Zayn pitched a one-on-one -on -one match against himself and brought up how the Judgment Day last week wanted titles on the line. And it would be only right for them to put the North American Championship on the line this week. And Rhea Ripley accepted that. We... Uh, so we have that match set up for for Monday Night Raw between Dominic and Sami Zayn. Uh, next up, you had Becky Lynch pick up the victory over Zoe Stark. We almost had a repeat from the week prior with Zoe Stark picking up the victory. Very, very close, but Becky Lynch getting that, uh, making things even yeah, with Zoe Trish, Stark. Trish Stratus got involved twice here, and Becky Lynch was still able to kick out both times. Yeah, I wasn't really into this match, but it just furthers that. And Becky Lynch was interviewed later on and said that her and Trish aren't over until she gets the win. Mm -hmm. So it's I, I, I really don't 
understand fully why she's the one chasing a victory over Trish Stratus. I understand it, but I also don't understand it because to me that feels like a, I don't know, kind of heelish. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe that's dumb to say. Um, I don't know. I I don't. I think it's more of a vendetta. Yeah. After that, though, no. we saw Cody Rhodes come out, spoke about his mom and what Brock Lesnar did in front of her last week and how it was Brock's mistake and how he's going to end it at SummerSlam. It basically, this promo was just a push. Brock versus Cody Rhodes, and I thought we were going to get some sort of stipulation added to it. I got to say, I, I don't know. I'm not enthralled by the promo itself. It, it didn't yell to me, Stay at your TV and listen to Cody Rhodes right now. But that's just me. Why not? I don't know. It's I want to get to the match already. I get the setup. I understand. Yada yada. I don't need long segments. Just just get me to the match now. Well, we had Dominic pick up the victory over Sami Zayn to retain the North American Championship. Uh the judgment day, obviously they got involved. And when Kevin Owens went to get involved, the referee saw that. Tossed him from ringside, and then Damian Priest made fun of Kevin Owens for getting uh, kicked from ringside. And then Sean Bennett kicked, uh, I think it was Priest and Rhea Ripley at the same time. And I thought that was really funny, because they were like basically like, ha-ha, and then <laughs> the ref tossed them out too. Yeah. But right before Sami Zayn went for the Huluva kick, Damian Priest and Rhea Ripley ended up attacking Kevin Owens on the ramp which distracted Sami Zayn and allowed for Dominic to pick up that victory there. And I thought it was a good match for Dominic. It was a title defense of an NXT championship on Monday Night Raw, so I think that's cool. Um, Yeah, I think that's special. Apparently Kevin Owens is actually injured, so that sucks. Yeah, what's the actual injury? Like his leg? I, I think somebody said it was ribs. I'm not sure. His ribs? When was he injured? Was it during I this? I have or? to assume it's last week. Oh. Well, that huh. sucks now because it's... I feel like their championship run hasn't really... It's kind of like... It, not kind of. It's really cooled off since WrestleMania. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what they end up doing with it because they've just been building and building and building and... I mean, everything with Sami Zayn is tag team-wise. I mean, the only thing I could think of is they're going to squeeze Matt Riddle as the replacement for Kevin Owens. That's a possibility, but I don't know. But I, don't know. I guess that's a, I guess they can they can do that because they already kind of did the Riddle versus Gunter kind of a deal. Well, also, so he squeezed out. into the McIntyre thing with Gunter, so... Yeah, that's the thing. Riddle could replace Kevin Owens with everything. But uh, Judgment Day got into the faces of Akira Tozawa and Apollo Crews afterwards. And Apollo Crews challenged Damian Priest for a match. And then that match was made. So, yeah. we'll, we'll get, that, get to that in a minute. After that, Next Bronson up, you Reed... had Bronson Reed pick up the victory over Champa. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. Did they say Big Bronson Reed? On the intro, I don't think so, but they were speaking about him. Even beforehand, uh, Champa warned Shinsuke Nakamura to not get involved in, in the match, 
And I think he referred to him as Big Bronson Reed there, but Nakamura made his way out and distracted Champa. So we had more yeah. outside interference, which I thought was annoying. Every single match had outside of, uh, outside of fear, outside interference from that uh, from that point before. That's very true. No, and I hate when that stuff happens. Yeah, I I agree. It gets a little bit played out on things like that, but yeah. what can you do? We had Liv Morgan interviewed backstage by Byron Saxton, who asked her about Raquel Rodriguez and her knee injury. And uh, Liv focused on on Rhea Ripley, though. And then Chelsea Green and Sonya Deville showed up. After that, they were annoyed that Byron was interviewing Liv instead of them. And they were also annoyed at everything revolving around Rhea Ripley. And then Rhea Ripley showed up and they were like, oh, 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 hey, Rhea, how you doing? Like They quickly like walked back whatever they were saying. And I thought that was funny and very on brand for what Sonya Deville and Chelsea Green have been in recent weeks. Yeah. But Rhea Ripley warned. Um, she said that she warned Liv and Raquel to stay out of her way and that Liv Morgan's next. And then we cut to what was supposed to be Rhea Ripley versus Liv Morgan. And it didn't happen because Rhea Ripley attacked Liv Morgan during her entrance and beat the absolute heck out of her. She put her arm in the chair. She stopped. Yeah, she on just it. tore she just tore her apart. Yeah. You know, but she and took Liv, care of Liv her. Morgan, she just stomped on that arm too with the chair. And Liv was seen last week leaving with a sling. So people thought she was injured. So it's apparently to cover up a real injury also. Yeah, I mean, I feel bad for Liv Morgan. She just can't stay off the injury list right now. I think it might be the same injury. Oh, that stinks. Hopefully she doesn't need like a surgery or anything like that, you know? Yeah. If, especially if it's like a reoccurring injury. Do you think that this is... So I didn't know that if that it was legit or anything. Do you think that this is going to propel Gonzalez into into Rhea Ripley? No, I think she's also Gonzalez, she injured. Is she not? That's what I was going to... That's what I, I keep... That's probably why I keep on confusing the both of them. So Gonzalez shoot injury as well. I, I think so. Jeez. I'm not 100% sure on that, but... Just when the the division was starting to get a little bit better, no? Well, I mean, we have Sonya Deville and Chelsea Green as champions. Who are, by the yeah. way, pissed off that they didn't have a championship celebration like Dominic kind of had at the uh, opening of Monday Night Raw. Mm. Well, I think that uh, Chelsea should be talking to the manager about that one. <laughs> we had the Alpha Academy in a segment where... Chad Gable was pissed off because nobody knows what Viking rules are. And then he pitched to have an Academy rules match. And then Maxine challenged Valhalla to her first one-on-one match next week in, I believe, Houston, Texas. That's okay. I mean, hmm. Do you see Valhalla as an actual wrestler or like becoming an actual wrestler? Well, I know she is, but, like, right now. Like, do you see her, after this, actually being a part of the women's division at some point? Or do you think that she's just going to be, um, 
manager? I mean, I don't see why not. I hope so. I mean, we were fans of her when she was a wrestler. Right. And thank God I ho- 2K I made her actually... a playable character. I hope they utilize her as an actual wrestler at some point. Well, I mean, hello, you she's know? got a one-on-one match on Monday, so that's utilizing her as a wrestler. Yeah, but I mean, like, as a prolonged period of time. Like, Not actually, to mention, in the... didn't she have the, she was part of that, that... Triple well, threat. There was a, no, but that was a, a six-person tag the other week. No, yeah, yeah, that's what I mean, the three-on-three. Three. But I mean, in general, like, I mean, chasing for the championship-wise. Like an actual contender know. person. I don't know. Instead of just a, in this storyline. I would hope so, but again, it's like so many people. I don't know, is Dewdrop injured? Where's she been? Piper Niven? Oh, that's true. Yeah. I haven't seen her in a long time. I don't know. What's the deal? Yeah. After that, we had Ricochet and Logan Paul. They're uh, face-to-face where Ricochet spoke about why Logan Paul doesn't belong in WWE, and they laid out a challenge, kind of like bullying Logan Paul. And then Logan Paul jumped him from behind, Ricochet popped up when Logan Paul was taunting the crowd, kicked him, hit a standing shooting star press, all while uh, Logan Paul was recording on his cell phone. So that kind of goes against the whole viral moment thing, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I, I don't. I think the viral moment stuff. I don't know who scripted that one, but it just doesn't make sense. I mean, this is somebody who is viral. Like, every moment that he does is viral. Yeah, but he was specifically, like, recording or there live, so it's like, kind of seems like you're going for a viral moment there. He should he should get the catchphrase, like, that he doesn't do viral, he doesn't have viral moments, he is the viral moment. Mm, it's not bad. But Logan Paul said he's going to be coming back to Monday Night Raw next week for Ricochet, only to further SummerSlam, which is next weekend. So, yeah, we'll have to see what happens with that. We had Shayna Baszler interviewed. Absolutely tired of Ronda Rousey always being brought up when people speak about her. So at SummerSlam, she said she's coming to fight Ronda Rousey. Ronda Rousey had a, uh, a a thing after that later on to just accept the fight. Have to assume it's going to be a mm-hmm. fight pit, right? Yeah, I would think, think so. So I would definitely think so. It'd be pretty cool if they actually went in there and like let them do MMA, but you kind of can't. Yeah, yeah. But maybe they'll find a way to make it look like super legit, and I think that'd be pretty cool. It's always it's difficult to make it look legit while also scripted. So we'll see what happens with it, though. But next yeah. up, you had Damian Priest pick up the victory over Apollo Cruz. I'm like I'm such a fan of Damian Priest and everything that he's doing. This was just a dominant victory for for Priest. Yeah. I mean, as expected, you know, as expected. After this, you had, yeah, Gunter and McIntyre have a face-to-face moment. This got a little bit heated. Yeah, McIntyre said that they should have had the match right then and there. And Gunter's like, "Mm, 
no, I'll I'll humiliate you at SummerSlam. And then Kaiser stepped up and said, how dare Drew McIntyre speak to Gunter like that? Which sets mm-hmm. up a match. We see Drew McIntyre pick up the victory over Ludwig Kaiser. I thought it was a decent match. We had Giovanni Vinci distract Drew McIntyre after the match. And Gunter attacked uh, McIntyre. But Riddle ran down, tried to make the save off of that. He didn't make the save. Gunter ended up on top. Uh, I mean, not Gunter. McIntyre ended up on top. Yeah, I mean, you had that one. Towards the end, you had uh, Gunter setting up for the table spot too, but the table spot did not work because he was about to hit him with the powerbomb through the table. Crowd crowd seemed like very into it, like they wanted to see McIntyre go through the table. Like, I feel like any time well, a table gets tables. involved, huh? They just want tables. Yeah, they just want tables. Like, every time, like, somebody swipes off the table, the commentator's table, the crowd goes crazy. But um, Drew McIntyre hits him with a back body splash, back body drop, and then ends up putting him, Gunther, through the table himself. Um, Good segment. I, I liked. You know? uh, I think the most from this was Corey Graves's impression of Ludwig Kaiser. Yeah, that was pretty that funny. Was really funny. I wasn't expecting him to have such a good impression. I am going to do this now for the rest of the match. I thought that was really funny. Yeah. Uh, and then people on the it, internet. It would have like, been oh, even more sucked. funny if Gunter actually turned around to, a... huh? I was like, uh, I said, people on the internet was like, oh, that sucked. It was so cringe. Corey's terrible. I was like, that was a pretty I mean, spot on impression. Even, but even if you think that it's horrible and it's cringe, guess what? He's also a heel commentator that they have. <laughs> yeah. You know? So, yeah. But, but even still, it was a pretty good impression. So I'm sorry, what? I said it was a pretty good impression. Yeah, I agree with you. Next up to wrap up Monday Night Raw was a contract signing between Finn Balor and Seth Rollins. Um, Things, as expected, as all, almost all, contract signings go, things got physical. Things got physical. You had the entire Judgment Day at ringside. Once it's... Eventually. Once everything got signed, you know? Yeah, they surrounded the ring. Also, Seth Rollins told Finn Balor that SummerSlam is going to be the end of the Judgment Day. So when they surrounded the ring, Seth Rollins had no other choices but to fight. And he threw the table, he flipped the table at Damian Priest. He took Dominic out, but Priest recovered, hit Seth Rollins with the Money in the Bank briefcase, and then they teased the cash-in. But Sami Zayn ran down with a chair to try to make the save, but the Judgment Day ended up coming out on top at, to end Monday Night Raw. I like that he was able to flip the table into Priest, too. Yeah. Like, everybody was perfectly in in spots for this uh, entire aspect. And as I'm, far as You Raw would goes, expect that somebody else to c- come out to make a save, but no. Judgment Day on top. But then, very interestingly, you had... Damien Priest and Balor kind of uh, have a little moment. Yeah, but I don't think this was a really good ep- uh, good episode of Monday Night Raw. 
I was not yeah, feeling it. I, I could see that. I could see that. Moving over to NXT, though, it opened with Dominic Mysterio and Rhea Ripley. It was interrupted by Wesley, who wanted a rematch for the North American Championship. Mustafa Ali came out because he said Dominic stole his opportunity to become North American Champion, and he stole it from him. And he blamed Wesley, kind of, because he told Wesley not to take the match last week. Called him stupid, and then that almost went to blows. Dominic said that he doesn't care who he faces at Great American Bash for the championship. And then Mustafa Ali accidentally hits Wesley. I thought that this was a nice spot, too. Like, Dominic, once he got, like, talking, the crowd was right on top of him. And then I like how he was just like, this seems to be like a two-person like a two person deal between you both and doesn't really involve me, so I'm going to get on out of here. He, like, and yeah, nudged like you mentioned, Ali, that's right? Uh, he didn't, yeah, I guess he nudged him on the way out of the ring where, cause that's what caused... the championship. And then that's kind of, he instigated right. it. Yeah. So yeah, he they, they stopped fighting Ali. when they realized that Dominic wasn't part of the brawl and he was just up on the ramp smiling. Yeah. I thought that it was a good segment, you know, but yeah. next up you had Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams and Dragunov pick up the victory over Schism. Um, this matchup, Schism almost pulled away with the victory, too. You know, right at the very end, almost came out with the victory. But Gacy ended up missing, and you had a little bit of a battle with who was going to get the the win. I didn't understand that part. Yeah. Like, I don't win? understand why did Carmelo Hayes tag himself in if, if Dragunov was literally about to win the match for them. Yeah, that always seems like a heel tactic to do. Like, I didn't get it. Like, obviously they have a match at Great American Bash, but I just, like you said, it seems like a heel thing to do. Yeah, I mean. But it's nice to see Trick Williams wrestle. It's, like, uh, not an every week thing, so I think that's a a nice thing to see. He was the main reason why they almost lost. Kind of. Because Ilya Dragunov accidentally, he was going for Joe Gacy. Gacy moved. And and Ilya Dragunov hit Trick Williams by mistake. So Trick was pissed off from that. We had people dressed as followers of Schism take out the dyad. We can only assume that's the Creeds, even though they lost the Loser Leaves NXT gimmick. I can't, it's so hard for me to see the Creeds in this gimmick too like un, like it, once they unmask yeah but they're it's obviously just hard to see them in that they're, role they're infiltrating it they help oh carmelo so you Hayes think that win. they're infiltrating it they helped carmelo win what are you talking about that's true that is true and then they carmelo the hayes and, and but Ilya then dragon off there i don't think so you don't think what what did you say Oh, I said then if if they're inf- if they're infiltrating, they shouldn't even be there. I mean, they lost the the match. Yeah, to leave. Right. So I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think they should be there either. Yeah, but I mean, I Carmelo was always Hayes... I was always thinking that maybe they were infiltrating. That maybe they were there because like they were under his influence now. But then you brought up that you reminded me about how they kind of they cost the match. 
Yeah, but they spoke later on, and Trick Williams came in super hot and pissed off of uh, at Dragunov for what happened. And Carmelo was like, "You need to calm down." And Trick was like, "I'm I'm going to call him out." And then Carmelo Hayes went to warn Ilya Dragunov later on, and Dragunov was like, "If if he does this, just know I know I have a match with you at the Great American Bash, but if Trick does this, I will break him." Yeah, I really like this Dragunov. Yeah. You know, I like this Dragunov, and I could see Dragunov coming out with the championship. I could see it. And I think he would, I think Dragunov would be an awesome champion. He was, yeah, he's a great uh, NXT UK champion. Yeah, you know, but next up you had Von Wagner pick up the victory over Javier Bar- uh, Bernal. Um, Super quick. Squash match. Beyond. Yeah. He put Bernal through the commentary table, and Brom Breaker shows up out of nowhere, spears the heck out of Von Wagner. Oh, he just laid him out. He grabbed a chair. I like the fact after he did it, it looked like he like slid a little bit. Well, he grabbed a a chair and, and went to hit Von Wagner. Von Wagner moved, so. Yeah. I don't quite understand this setup here, but. Yeah, yeah. After that, we I mean, had we had Gable Stevenson come out. He's like, I could go to the Olympics. I can go back to college, but I've made my decision. And before he can announce his decision, Baron Corbin interrupted him. He's like, go back to college. Go back to the Olympics. Do that. Become the, the only two-time whatever. And then he's like, just don't come to NXT because if you do... I'll make sure you fail. And Steveson was like, well, seems like you just made my decision a lot easier and then chose NXT, I guess. He's going to be facing Baron Corbin at Great American Bash. He hit him with a bunch of uh, suplexes. I wish in this segment that Baron Corbin mentioned that he retired Kurt Angle because I think that would have fit in. Because Gable's a, an Olympic gold medalist, and the only oh. other Olympic gold medalist in WWE history is Kurt Angle. Yeah, that would have been really a nice little inclusion. I and the only thing I was thinking about this is that WWE has to have Bar- Baron Corbin in such high regards. Like, and I'm not even saying that just uh, sarcastic, but with the matches that they put Baron Corbin in, sometimes. They really trust that they're, he's going to make the other person look good and build it up properly. Yeah. I mean, this is Gable Stevenson's first matchup. He was the one to retire Kurt Angle. Um, and Which he had would have been other... like, it would make sense, but he could just been like, drop the line, like, look, you don't want to come to NXT because I don't know if you heard this, but. I retired a, a, an Olympic gold medalist, Kurt Angle, at WrestleMania. Yeah. Yeah, like, I, I retired one of your wrestling idols, Kurt Angle. Just imagine what I would do to you. I would break you. Yeah. Who I'll knows? Maybe he'll, maybe he'll bring it up next week. Next week? The match is this week. Oh, yeah, it's on Sunday. Yeah, maybe he'll tweet it then. <laughs> next up, you had Dana Brooke pick up the victory over Cora Jade in a kendo stick match. The beginning of this match, uh, well, a majority of this match, the crowd was fully behind Cora Jade. 
which kind of yeah. sucks. I know. I feel so bad with uh, with for Dana. Yeah, but Kalani Jordan caused a distraction where Dana was able to get the upper hand, and she gave Dana Brooke a pink kendo stick, and she was able mm-hmm. to return every single kendo shot, kendo stick shot that Cora Jade dished out. Which Cora Jade, yeah. she controlled the majority of this match and was using the heck out of that kendo stick on Dana. The match I thought was slow at times, but overall I really enjoyed it. And the fans at the end of the match, finally, like when, when Dana got that, that kendo stick, they were finally like in her corner and behind her. Yeah. They were starting to, starting to cheer for her a bit more. Um, I don't know. I, I hope that they do start to change their tone with, uh, Dana though, too. Yeah. I don't think she gets she hate just... that. I don't think is deserved. Yeah, she deserves it. No, she deserves. She it. doesn't deserve it. <laughs> no, no, I mean like she, she, yeah, yeah, you, you yeah. <laughs> what were you trying to say? Yeah, no, you, you. I was gonna. I, I'm agreeing with you. She gets hate that she doesn't deserve. No, she does deserve it. <laughs> no, no, I, I no, she deserves the opposite of hate. She deserves the good from the fans, the cheers from the fans. The love and support from the fans. After that, we had Drew Gulak and Charlie Dempsey training, and they wanted people that they could push to their limits. And Damon Kemp stepped up. He was like, listen, I could do it. So where that leads to, we'll find out. Yeah. I'm waiting for the day. I guess maybe someday in 2024 when they're doing training at NXT on, on online on a video package and then boom, in walks William Regal. I'm could waiting for soon. Waiting for that day. Yeah. Why? Well, it's I think it's the first time they could do it is 2024. Oh yeah, he can't even appear on TV yet, right? Right. Um, next up, you had the D'Angelo's pick up the victory over Lucian Price and Bronco Nima. Um, Scripps was on commentary for this. I f- yeah. I feel like he should have come out with Price and Nima, but Booker T refusing to call him anything but Reggie, I thought was so funny. I thought that was really funny. Yeah, but we got to see a lot more a... moves from from uh, Bronco and Nima here. Some yeah, of them I, I thought were that... impressive. You, uh, Price and Nima. Oh, did I? I said Bronco. Price and Nima. Yeah, Price. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I, I, some I don't the, think that they should have lost. That we though. saw, I thought, were impressive. In the end, though, we saw Axiom jump Reggie, and Gallus cut a promo afterwards, basically saying that they're going to beat the the D'Angelo's at Great American Bash. Do you think that Price and Nima should have been in this match to lose, though? I feel like. Not, I mean, they just ca- really, had their first no, match last week. I don't week. think they should have been losing a match like that. Yeah, but same, I, I agree also with don't you. think I don't... that D'Angelo should have been losing a match. That's the thing. I don't. I don't think. I think there was just a, a poor matching of the two of them together. The match wasn't bad. No, no. I mean, like they shouldn't have had. They should have had a tag team take on the D'Angelo's, right? Who could have picked up the win. loss? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. After that, we saw Roxanne Perez and Blair Davenport 
they aired footage of Roxanne attacking Blair Davenport while I think she was on live Instagram the other night in a convenience store. She like attacked her throughout the convenience store, which people are comparing to Steve and uh, Steve Stone Cold and <laughs> Booker T. I I get it, but it's like not really anything like that at all. Yeah, that was because that was more to me comedic. Oh yeah, that was very comedic. This was like vengeful, aggressive. Yeah, no, the Stone Cold and Booker T. There was definitely revenge in there, but it was And of comedic. course, it's like it's easy to make the correlation there because Booker T trained Roxanne Perez. So ah, true, true. I get uh-huh. it, but I thought it was really funny cuz the cops end up coming. We don't actually see the police, but they end up we see the lights and sirens and Roxanne Perez just walks out and leaves. Were they coming there for that Man. or were they were they there for something else? <laughs> How is she able to just leave? Yeah, maybe something else funny. happened. After that, we had a uh, Supernova Sessions, which uh, I popped big time at Lash Legend doing Noam Dar's accent for, for like, I think she was only doing it for names. So mm-hmm. I thought that was funny. But they got him his own Heritage Cup, and he, like, snapped out of that catatonic state. He flipped over the, the wheelchair and got, like, right back into the Noam Dar aspect of it. But Nathan Fraser and Dragon Lee came out with the actual Heritage Cup. I think that's pretty cool that they have two of them. Meh. Because it's not like they sell replicas on WWE Shop or anything like that. But it led to a brawl. Mm -hmm. Yulisa Leone and Valentina Ferois were involved. They they, uh, showed up from behind to take Jakara and Lash Legend out. And it sets up a pre-show match for Great American Bash. I think that this is solid. If you're going to have a pre-show match, I feel like it's great for this one to be that. Yeah. They showed Los Lotharios arguing from last week where Umberto said he questioned whether or not, whether they're chasing women or chasing glory. And he told Angel Garza to wake up and like, Angel's maybe like, coming to his senses, like, uh, let's stop chasing women and let's... That's That obviously has not worked. We've seen them on how many brands now where it has not worked. So maybe now he'll be like, okay, I'm ready to listen, I'm ready to put in the work, let's stop chasing women, let's go for the gold. Yeah, like, let's really go serious about this. That's all I want. I want them to be taken seriously. I want them to be a, a, a real tag team. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, they're one of the few actual tag teams with reason to be a tag team. Right. But next up, you had the main event of the evening. Rhea Ripley picked up the victory over Lyra Valkyria. Um, also, by the way, this I, match feel was like, awesome. I feel like they also have reason where they could just easily go into um, the LWO, given that. Garza was part of the LWO. So um, it's like, but I don't want to see that because you know, there's you like could. too many, like they'd be too many members at that point, I feel like. But so that was the thing. I was thinking maybe there's too many members if you add them. But on the other hand, if you look at NWO, you look at LWO. I mean, if, yeah, if you look at the LWO, even though like, LWO wasn't around for, for a long time. 
No, but they, they stacked up members. So Hector Garza being part of it, I think, is still, like, reason enough where they could potentially join, but mm-hmm. who knows? But, yeah, yeah like you said, yeah. Rhea Ripley in the main event picked up the victory over Lyra Valkyria. Uh, Lyra was supposed I, I to face that... J.C. Jane. But nah. after Monday Night Raw, she went up to Rhea Ripley and challenged her. She's like, let me just go to you myself. If you want me to prove myself to you, let me do it while wrestling you. And I thought it was pretty cool that she got to main event against a champion. And yeah, I enjoyed totally. I enjoyed this match. I, I thought that the Riptide was awesome. Before that, the one counter that Rhea Ripley did early on where she held mm-hmm. on to the roll and hit Lyra with the uh, the German suplex. I thought that was a really cool spot. Yeah, they had a lot of good spots. And, like, Lyra, hey, she she almost toppled the, the champ. And I hope... You know, she had... She, I was going to say, I hope, I hope more people... I hope more people will talk about Lyra after this. Yeah. And Rhea Ripley picked her up afterwards and told her to prove uh, to prove her right. Go beat JC Jane. So that match will still happen. Yeah. And then to close out NXT, we had Trick Williams, like he said, go out and call out Ilya Dragunov. And Dragunov showed up. They brawled. And he beat the absolute crap out of Trick Williams. And when he went for that that finisher, Carmelo Hayes sacrificed himself for Trick. So now Carmelo Hayes isn't yeah. going into the pay-per-view, the PLE, at 100%. No, I mean, Dragunov is set up to be the winner. I yeah. mean, are we going to see Trick and Carmelo split over this too? Like, are we going to see can't Carmelo see that feel... I mean, Car- the only reason I say that is because Carmelo saved Trick in this one. What happens if during the actual matchup, Trick Williams is put in a position where Dragunov is going to do something to him, and then Hayes has to once again sacrifice himself for Trick Williams, and in doing so, he sacrifices himself and that NXT championship. I wonder if Trick was part of that picture that was posted with the Street Profits, Bobby Lashley... I think Lashley was in an MVP, Carmelo, and almost. Oh, I remember. I don't remember. But we do have a long time ago. What Great American Bash taking place Sunday at the HEB Center. What makes Cedar you bring Park. that up, though? Well, because maybe they Why? do split, and maybe he yeah. does go to whatever they're building with, with Lashley or MVP. Oh, okay. Interesting. You may proceed. <laughs> Austin, Texas getting a great American bash kickoff match. Like we, we mentioned before, it's Dragon Lee, Nathan Fraser, Ulisa Leone, and Valentina Ferroy's taking on the metaphor. Uh, I'm, I'm going to say it seems like the faces are going to win here. I don't think metaphor is walking out on top. Yeah. I feel like for an opener, the faces come out as the winners. I agree with you. Uh, next up, let's go over to Gable Steves and, Taking on Baron Corbin in his first matchup in, within the WWE. I mean, I mean, Gable. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, uh, Weapons a, Wild match taking place. Roxanne Perez taking on Blair Davenport. Um, I think I'm going to go with Davenport. I'm going to go with Roxanne Perez. All right. For the NXT Tag Team Championships, you got Gallus defending the titles against the family. Uh, I'm going to say Gallus. Hmm. I don't know if I see the D'Angelo's winning. I'm going to say the family. I'm going to say the family. Uh, For the NXT Women's Championship in a submission match, Tiffany Stratton defending the title against Thea Hale. If Thea Hale wins, I still think she might become the youngest. Not think. I'm pretty sure she's the youngest uh, women's champion in WWE. I'm going Thea Hale. She still has... uh, Right now, Paige has that record. And I was wrong I think the that, other week when I when I said who she that she would be the second youngest because uh-huh. I'm pretty sure she would, it would it's Nicholas, Renee Dupree, then Tyler Bate. So she would be the third youngest champion in all of WWE if she wins, I believe. Not a hundred. How old was Renee sure Dupree how, again? The, it's either her or Tyler Bate. So if if she does win, she's either the third youngest or the fourth youngest. How old was uh, Rene Dupree again? He was 18. That's crazy to think he was only 18. And I 10 know, years but... earlier was Nicholas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm going Thea Hell though. I think we've been be- I think that we have been teased by her with the her learning the submissions and everything. I think she's going to get her. Unless somebody else like shows up to prevent her from winning it. I I I Really need it to be Thea Hale. And yeah. people on the internet, I saw them arguing. It's so gross. Twitter is such a gross place. Or can we even say Twitter? I don't even think. Did we just say X now? X. WWE X. was like super on point with that on Monday. I wasn't expecting to see that when they were like trending on Twitter. It was the, the little X symbol. They went ahead. They like completely. They were so ready for it. They had everything. The little X graphic. Yeah, and everything. I, I don't. I, I think I'm more of a Threads guy now. Uh, threads I mean, is garbage. Threads no offense to Instagram. Threads is trash. I I don't know. It's the thing trash. Is, is that Twitter Twitter is just so toxic, though. So that's what I was going to say is that uh, somebody I saw say that they're only putting Thea Hale in this position where if she does win the championship, she becomes the youngest female to win the championship in WWE because they don't like Paige. Or they're doing it because the they're petty. It's like, shut up. People break yeah, I don't records that's the all the time. That's what happens. Yeah. I mean, I think that hasn't Paige even said that she has a good relationship with Triple H and them? Probably. I mean, I yeah, I don't think that there's actually... It's one of those things where fans, or I'll just say Marks and Smarks, more so the Smarks continue to create storylines within their own minds of what they want like to be shoot stuff and it's all just bogus i mean look at what happened with drew mcintyre leaving wwe you know sometimes i feel like they just create bogus stuff but i'm going with thea hale yeah my fingers are beyond crossed for thea hale to win the championship at great american bash yeah. then uh we have 
the triple threat match for the North American Championship. Dominic Mysterio defending the title against Wesley and Mustafa Ali. I'm going to go Dirty Dumb. Mm. I'm going Dirty Dumb. I think Wesley and Mustafa Ali are going to be caught up with each other too much. I think Dirty Dumb's coming out as the winner. And Mommy's going to make sure of that. You know, I would... Part of me thinks it'd be Ali. But I... I would much rather see Dominic walk out because he just won the championship. Yeah, there's there's too much unwritten story with it. So I'm going to say Dominic. Good choice. And then what I can main only assume is the of main the event. Easen- yeah, uh, well, we could assume main event. NXT Championship on the line. Dragunov taking on Carmelo Hayes, the champion. I'm going to go Dragunov. I'm going to say Ilya Dragunov. Yeah. I think that would be pretty cool. Yeah. So that's NXT Great American Bash. Going to move over to SmackDown. It opened up with Jey Uso, who literally said one line before being interrupted by the Bloodline. Roman Reigns scolded him about not being the tribal chief, and Jey was like, I didn't want any of it. I was watching your back. I was supporting you. And then Jay blamed the crack in the bloodline on Roman Reigns. And Roman threw it back at him. And said that the only reason why Jay got to be where he was three years ago was because Jimmy was injured. And when he beats Jay at SummerSlam, he'll be erased from the legacy of the bloodline. I thought this was a good opening segment. Grayson Waller approached Jey Uso afterwards and I believe told him that he'll give him the rub if he wins at SummerSlam. And then Jey, like, pushed him over. That sets up the main event. First match of the evening saw Santos Escobar pick up the victory over Rey Mysterio via ref stoppage to win the U.S. Championship Invitational. I wish... That Rey Mysterio also came out to the LWO theme song, and I wish that the rest of the LWO were out there ringside to support both people in the match. But they had some good lucha spots in this match. During a commercial break, though, a doctor came out to check on Rey Mysterio, and Ref Jess had uh, no choice but to call the match off. So that's obviously not how Santos Escobar would want to win. But Austin Theory was just sitting there the whole time watching and eating popcorn from a suite by himself. I think Michael Cole said with all his friends, which is funny because there was nobody there. But the the U.S. championship match is apparently happening on SmackDown in two weeks. I don't understand why that's not happening on SummerSlam. That, to me, doesn't make sense. We saw Hit Row come out they had an in-ring segment that got interrupted by LA Knight which two like polar opposite reactions as far as crowd goes but LA Knight goes on to pick up a shot a victory over Ashanti the uh, Adonis Uh, B-Fab and Top Dollar got involved a few times but this match was over pretty quickly and the fans were like beyond satisfied with the outcome obviously and they didn't even care that it was such a short match Um, and I also, I liked that Michael Cole at the end of this segment said that the city knows something about yeah movements, which they were in new Orleans 
Uh, obviously a reference to Daniel Bryan winning the championship there in the Yes movement. I thought that was a nice little shout out to Daniel Bryan. Uh, but later on, they announced a SummerSlam battle royal for SummerSlam. And LA Knight went in to talk to Adam Pierce because he wants in on that match. Sheamus wants in on that match. Adam Pierce put both of them in and then set up a singles match to get the upper hand, I guess. I don't know how that really works next week on SmackDown. But it seems like that match has to be LA Knights to win. It's just a shame that that U.S. championship match won't be there on, on, on the SummerSlam card. Because you could have easily added LA Knight unless Austin Theory retains or Santos Escobar becomes champion. After that, they had a meeting where uh, Bobby Lashley met with the Street Profits and told them that they should be treated like stars, they should dress like stars, and then he gave them a bunch of suits. So it seems like something is brewing, like we discussed earlier. Uh, Also earlier on, Bianca Belair was interviewed about SummerSlam, and she said that she's ready for anything. The tag team champions, Chelsea Green, Sonya Deville interrupted, and... Then basically tries to set up a Bianca Belair tries to set up a, a match between them, and Charlotte comes into the picture to have Bianca Belair's back because she wants her 100% for SummerSlam. Uh, the champion's still annoyed that they haven't had a championship celebration, but what a surprise! Charlotte and Bianca Belair picked up the victory over the tag team champions, which I think is just garbage. I thought when there was a spot where Charlotte, they were doing a hot tag spot. She's reaching for the tag. And uh, I thought she was going to drop off the apron and leave Bianca Belair. But like I said, she wants her 100% for SummerSlam. They did do like a lot of like tagging in and out. Like without the other wanting to tag out spots. And that was like basically the ending. She had the Bianca Belair had the KOD up and Charlotte tagged in, hit the big boot. I just think it's dumb to have the champions lose. They literally just won the titles. Make the titles mean something. Don't have them lose. I think that's trash. After that, though, backstage you saw damage control, and EO asked why Bailey left her last week. And Bailey explained that she didn't leave her. She just went to get the car ready. And then she found a note from Shotzi in her, her gear bag or whatever saying, See you soon. Asuka walked in to talk to EO and EO said that it doesn't matter who leaves SummerSlam as champion or who wins at SummerSlam because she's going to be the one that leaves as champion. Then we had Karrion Cross, which I think that's a cool uh, aspect between Asuka and EO. Uh, maybe she, maybe that's her calling her spot and she will cash in at SummerSlam. Maybe she will cash in successfully. Karrion Cross picked up the victory over Carl Anderson, who had the OC sit this one out, let him do it by himself. Scarlett got involved, which directly led to the end of the match where Cross was able to get the upper hand. This was a pretty fast victory, just like that LA Knight match, which I think is unfortunate given that Cross and uh, Carl Anderson should be in longer matches, I think. But Cross continued the attack and after the, the match and the OC ran down to make the save and basically ran carrying Cross and Scarlet off. It's just, uh, I, I understand there's two hours. So I think time management wise, it was what it needed to be. 
And then in the main event, Jay Uso picked up the victory over Grayson Waller. The bloodline came out during this just as Jay went to hit that hip attack on Waller. And Grayson used that to his advantage. And uh, the match turned back around when he went for the people's elbow. He's been having Twitter words back and forth with The Rock. They mentioned that. So I feel like it seems like The Rock could definitely show up. But uh, he missed the people's elbow. And Jay used that, turned it around, speared Grayson Waller, hit that Uso splash to pick up the victory. And then Solo Sokoa jumped Jay afterwards, and we saw Jay get the upper hand. Roman Reigns got in the ring, and Jay speared Roman Reigns, and that was a huge moment there. And then he went up for an Uso splash, but Solo pushed him off. They hit that spear and Samoan spike combo move twice. Awesome move, and that was the end of SmackDown. Uh, Like I said, time-wise, I wish there was more time in this episode, but uh, very, very nice closing segment there. But that's SmackDown. I'm going to take a quick little break, and I'll be right back here on Marking Out. Hey, it's Billy West. That's right, from TV Land. Not that one, not the Nick one. From Cartoon Land, let's put it that way. And uh, you're listening to Marking Out. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Marking Out, episode 651. I am all by myself, and uh, I'm going to hit you with some AEW Rampage from last week. Darby Allin won the Royal Rampage. I thought, given that Shark Boy was backstage last week for Shark Week, I thought we would see him, so I was a bit surprised that he wasn't there. But this match seemed like it was Darby's to win. I don't think anything spectacular came from it. Seeing Minoru Suzuki was cool, obviously, but a lot of people in this match, I feel like the crowd had zero reaction for, which I think is a problem. But I don't know. One thing that I I thought shouldn't have happened was uh, that, that Darby Allen and Nick Wayne double clothesline spot to eliminate somebody because... The whole thing that they've been building up on TV for a few few uh, weeks now is a double clothesline with MJF and Adam Cole. So I don't think that, that should have happened. But Darby Allen speared Swerve off the apron through the ropes to pick up that victory. After that, the Acclaim picked up the victory over QTV. Like I said the other week, I think it's sad that John Morrison gets signed to this company and gets stuck with QTV because it does nothing for him. It's not doing anything for QTV. So that's very unfortunate. And then the main event, which I don't know how this was the main event over the Royal Rampage. Chris Statlander picked up the victory over Marina Shafir to retain that TBS championship. Uh, I think it's a big spot for Chris Statlander. I think... There were messy spots in here that worked in Marina Shafir's favor because it looked maybe more real given her MMA background. But the ending of this match was pretty abrupt. I feel like it came out of nowhere. And honestly, I feel like they should probably cancel Battle of the Belts and Rampage. Because it's it's not doing Dynamite or Collision any favors here. Moving on to Collision, 
when they were actually filming this, they filmed it at the Prudential Center in New Jersey. I saw Fala wrestled Will Hobbs, and I thought that was on the main show, but it wasn't. That was just a dark match, so I was disappointed that he wasn't on TV, but I think that's pretty cool. Um, it kicked off with Ricky Starks, who got a bunch of like that really cheap Gilbert pyro, and people were like, oh my god, this is the greatest pyro ever. It's like, what are you talking about? This is This is awful, and I think that works against Ricky Starks. But fans are super behind Ricky Starks despite Tony Schiavone making him out to be that heel. CM Punk came out without his music. He came out to a sea of booze. And he put Starks over for cheating to win last week, but then questioned whether or not Starks could live with himself without knowing if he can actually beat CM Punk. And then Punk said that he's the real world champion. Christian and Luchasaurus came out. I think the line from Christian about carrying around a title you didn't win, I thought that was funny because that's literally what Christian's doing with the TNT Championship. But Darby came out. It set up a tag match, which I did not get at all because it set up CM Punk and Darby Allen versus Christian and Ricky Starks. So I guess it's just the com- the combination of the two feuds going on. First match, though, we saw Bullet Club Gold pick up the victory over Action Andretti and Darius Martin. I thought the promo before Collision with Andretti and Martin was one of the most, like, not believable promos I've ever heard. And I think it's very hard to recreate what Bullet Club Gold has had for the past two weeks with FTR, so I think this match was a a very hard fall from grace because this was a nothing match against a nothing team. Like, why should we care about Andrade, uh, Action Andretti, and, and Darius Martin? But the guns were ringside for this and helped Bullet Club Gold beat them down afterwards. I was expecting somebody to come out. Nobody came out. After that, Miro picked up the victory over Nick Camarado. Um, It started during Miro's entrance and was probably over in under two minutes. So, really, what can I say about that? Nothing. House of Black picked up the victory over the Acclaimed to retain the Trios Championships. Buddy Matthews attacked... Max Caster, before he could finish his rap, I guess he was alluding to Rhea Ripley in it. But uh, I I don't understand. Did they ditch the house rules thing? I don't think they announced that. They didn't have anything special for it. It was weird to see Malachi Black without a beard. I feel like that's been a while since we've seen that, but... It was Billy Gunn who lost the match and Malachi Black whispered something into his ear and Billy took off his boots and left the ring. He he shoved his way through the acclaimed. We saw Cody Rhodes do this once before with Malachi Black. I saw some people speculating that Billy Gunn could be going back to WWE because the, the figure that they showed off at San Diego Comic-Con and then... This spot happened and people were like, well, I mean, that seems to be like writing on the wall even. I don't know if I think that, I I really don't 
think Billy Gunn is leaving AEW. I just think it's going to be one of those moments where it's like he's off TV for a while and then comes back and like remembers who he is or something like that. Uh, But we saw FTR interviewed. They spoke about their match with MJF and Adam Cole. And Cash said that they have unfinished business with Aussie Open. They just won the Ring of Honor Tag Team Championships. They they defeated the Lucha Bros, the Kingdom, and uh, Best Friends at Death Before Dishonor. FDR also said that they have unfinished business with the Young Bucks as well as the Acclaimed. And now they have to worry about Adam Cole and MJF. And he tried to, I guess, cast doubt to Adam Cole in regards to whether or not he can trust MJF. And I think this would have been better as a sit-down backstage interview instead of being live in front of the crowd. Because I feel like it took too long and... and kind of worked against them for for the live crowd. But after that, Ty of Valkyrie picked up the victory over Sky Blue. They went to the outside of the ring during this, but when they did, it made sense. There's a reason why it happened. So I'm happy that's like a thing that took place in this match because there's a difference between brawling on the outside for no reason and what happened in this. The match itself I thought was decent, but... I feel like maybe something was a bit off. And then Taya cut a promo afterwards on Britt Baker and and uh, laid out a challenge for Dynamite. I don't think it was like the, the greatest of promos. The main event, though, saw Christian and Ricky Starks pick up the victory over CM Punk and Darby Allin. Shades of uh, 2009-ish, uh, 2013 WWE seeing CM Punk and Christian wrestle. So I thought that was pretty cool. Scorpio Sky, who is apparently now injured, was just seen randomly sitting in the crowd. I didn't get that. And then Luchasaurus helped uh, Ricky Starks against Darby Allin. Darby was able to recover, but Starks used the rope again to pick up the victory. And like with the intro, when they tried to get you to boo Ricky Starks, all the fans could do uh, would cheer. They They were very happy to see him use the rope to win. So, they have something with Ricky Starks. I think the only other thing that I should probably mention from Death Before Dishonor was the main event that Athena picked up the victory over Willow Nightingale, but that was the main event, and that's a a pretty big spot for Willow Nightingale, so I think that's pretty cool. Uh, Dynamite. Kicked off with Orange Cassidy picking up the victory over AR Fox to retain the championship, the international championship. I was hoping to see a new challenger show up after the match. So it was interesting to see what actually happened, where he celebrated with AR Fox and then AR Fox snapped the glasses, attacked Orange Cassidy. I don't know where that leads to. Darby Allen came out to argue with him, and then John Moxley came out, and Mox attacked Orange Cassidy. I assume that sets up Orange Cassidy versus Mox, and Mox will probably take the championship from Orange Cassidy. I can't see somebody going from the main event to the international championship and not winning that title. But Claudio and Yuta spoke about Pac later on. And then Mox joined in to hype up the main event. 
We saw Jericho and Don Callis interviewed backstage. And Don set up a tag team match where Takeshita would be his partner. But it's against Danny and Sammy. And Renee went to go interview the Jericho Appreciation Society later on. And Jericho approached them. And they all wanted to talk. Anna Jay ended up calling Chris Jericho selfish. And she walked out on them. And they were all very disappointed. I liked this segment. I don't care about Chris Jericho and Don Callis teaming up. like Or the, the Callis family, I should say. But it was like a, a heart a heartstring moment with uh, the, the Jericho Appreciation Society backstage. After this, Jack Perry came out. Still hate that, that Beethoven's fifth. If you put it on Miro, it would make sense. Jack Perry, not at all. I don't think this was a good promo. I thought it was going to lead to what Chris, I think, said last week. With him throwing down the title and saying it, the title means nothing. And it doesn't, I don't care that I won this. That's what I would have liked to have seen happen. Instead, he starts trashing ECW. And Jerry Lynn came out to try and fight Jungle Boy. And Jungle Boy said, I'm not in gear yet. I'm not in gear, so let's do it next week. Let's do a face-to-face. So I can only assume they're bringing in some, some uh, somebody from ECW. The only person that would really make sense Like, it doesn't make sense that Jerry Lynn stepped up at all. The only other person that would make sense to step up for the the FTW championship is Sabu, and I don't want to see that. Uh, And most likely, it'll probably... I I would have a very hard time believing that it's not Rob Van Dam. And even that, I don't need to see that. After that, Pac picked up the victory over Gravity. Given that uh, Pax moniker was the the man that Gravity forgot, I thought this was such like a PWS matchup. Like, if you know, you know, <laughs> sort of thing. But Pac, after, uh, or he won the match with the Rings of Saturn, held on. Nobody came out for him then. I thought we were going to see something with that, given that promo from, from Yuta and Claudio. But... MJF, we cut to them. Roddy ran in yelling again, and MJF yelled back. He, Roderick Strong pushed MJF. Adam Cole's just like, brother, he's my best friend, trust me. Everyone's expecting MJF to turn on Adam Cole. Maybe it's going to be Adam Cole that turns on MJF. We'll see what happens with that. Swerve picked up the victory over Darby Allen. I don't understand why this feud is still going on. I thought it was over. But despite that, I think this should have been the main event. We saw Prince Nana and Nick Wayne ringside. The I think it was a Death Valley driver from the top rope onto the apron that, that Swerve did. I thought it was nuts. But AR Fox jumped Darby Allen during this match. Nick Wayne jumped in afterwards, but AR Fox got him, so... Now we have A.R. Fox aligning himself with Swerve and the Embassy. So, if they continue to do this and we see follow-up from it next week, I think that's a a good storyline start. The beginning of the show was confusing, but this, in addition to that, I think is, is good. 
After that, Britt Baker picked up the victory over Taya Valkyrie. Uh, I don't recall Taya having fire in her entrance, so I thought that was pretty cool. She could have had that every single week, and I just don't remember it. But I disagree with the outcome of this match. I think Taya should have won. This match was a hot topic on Twitter this week because it was kind of sloppy. I thought the match, like, overall was fine, but it was slow. It was it was sloppy and just overall didn't make sense. Why Britt Baker, why is she being pushed in this in this match here? Why did she have that match last week? That match made no sense. And then you cut to a, a video package. Nyla Rose randomly facing Hikaru Shida again. For, for I think, to, to see who faces off. either. The, I mean, obviously, it's either the TBS championship or the, the women's championship. I don't know. But it seems like AEW's kind of ran out of their division. What happened to the outcasts? Why weren't they on TV this week? That made no sense. Then they cut to Triple J and the Hardy Boys and Isaiah Cassidy and Ethan Page to hype up a tag team battle royal or something to see who will face FTR or MJF and Adam Cole. Why are the Hardys and Orange Cassidy, not Orange Cassidy, uh, Isaiah Cassidy and Ethan Page, why are they like going to be facing each other? Why are we doing another battle royal? Is it just to get the Hardys versus FTR? Main event, Lucha Bros picked up the victory over the Blackpool Combat Club and the Best Friends. And I don't understand why this was the main event. I don't understand why this was even a match. It was all over the place. There was really like no way that Bullet Club, uh, not Bullet Club, Blackpool Combat Club should have been losing. Especially after losing Blood and Guts. No mention of the Elite on this, this episode. Outside of the video package. That made absolutely no sense. The winners were more banged up than the losers? That makes no sense at all. Orange Cassidy came out to take on... Wheeler Yuta, he brawled with John Moxley, and then it ended with another AEW random brawl ending. Not a good ending, and then it sets up. Why does it set up? John Moxley versus uh, Penta versus Trent next week. It makes absolutely no sense. I wish I had more here. I wish I that should not have been the main event. I understand that Mox and Claudio were in the main event in Blood and Guts, but what? there's no reason why Lucha Bros and, and Best Friends, no offense to those teams, there's literally zero reason why they should have been in that main event. Where have they been? They, they were in that Ring of Honor match. How does that correlate to the main event of Dynamite? It doesn't. But that's AEW... Hey, Brandon, you got any shout-outs? Hey there, Hiff, we should listen to Brandon's shout-outs. Tony Bennett unfortunately passed away last week at the age of 96. He, I think, is truly one of the greatest singers of all time. His career spanned eight decades. He still stayed relevant. 
And I think it was like, even during the MTV era, I feel like it would have been difficult for somebody of his generation to stay relevant. But he leaned into it without actually needing to change. So I think that's pretty cool. I never got to see him perform live, and I really wanted to. Were you a, a Tony Bennett fan, perhaps? Not really. I mean, Tony Bennett really never... I was never a big fan of, I mean... But, of course, I know his music and everything like that, but... During yeah. the the MTV Unplugged concert, he did Fly Me to the Moon, where he cuts his the mic completely, and he just uses his voice to sing to the crowd, and everyone's got to be, like, super quiet. And I knew mm-hmm. that he he was, like, doing that in concerts as well. So I think that's just one of the most, like, incredible things to hear a clip of or to watch a clip of. Because his voice was so powerful. I don't know. And you could literally hear yeah, it like yeah. you're up in the very last seat. Let's say you're at Radio City or whatever. You're all the way up. Boom. He's belting Fly Me to the Moon without a microphone. I think that's super cool. It's nice that he had a res- uh, resurf- uh, resurgence of his career too with Lady Gaga with their I don't even think I it's a like- resurgence though. That was just him like forever being relevant. Well, I think that it was a resurgence in the fact that it was an introduction of him to a younger audience because there's a, so that's many literally audience every out there single, that are... That's every single, like, he's got duets with Billy Joel, Amy Winehouse was somebody he did duets with. Obviously, like you said, Lady Gaga, Willie Nelson. So it's like there's so many artists who worked with Tony Bennett and yeah, but, the, but Lady Gaga generations of, of listeners of him. Yeah, but Lady Gaga is also the most relevant out of all of them currently, with relevant especially now. a modern era and for a young crowd. So I feel like for a young crowd, people wouldn't have known of Tony Bennett, but now because of his stuff with Lady Gaga, they are familiar with Tony Bennett. And if you're not familiar with him, definitely look him up. Listen to him this weekend. He's got uh, songs like I Left My Heart in San Francisco, Rags to Riches, just just go on what, Spotify? Apple Music, YouTube, and uh, check them out. Mm -hmm. After that, my next shout-out is going to Tacoma FD because they're back for season, I think, season four. And it sucks. Eugene Cordero, who plays Andy, he wasn't able to return for this season because he was filming Loki. So Mm -hmm. I thought the way that they handled him not being able to be in the show this season was really funny. And like, if you know, you know, sort of things, Mm -hmm. but it's the broken lizard guys, like super troopers, super trooper, super troopers. And I think it's good TV. And if you don't know the show, they're firefighters up in Tacoma, Washington. You can watch past seasons on max you can watch the new season on television on TBS. I'm pretty sure part of a Hulu plan or something you could watch it. So I would say definitely check that out. And then speaking of Hulu, the last shout out goes to Futurama because they're back again after being canceled again. <laughs> so uh, I think that's really cool. It's on Hulu. Only one episode's out so far. So that kind of sucks because... I would probably be through a a good amount of the episodes, but it's literally just how it's always been. It's, it's Futurama. If you're a fan of the show, it literally picks up right where they left off 
with jokes about being gone for 10 years and stuff. So I think that's, that's I, a, a fun show to watch. I don't even remember where they left off. Well, you probably didn't see where they left off because that was also on Hulu 10 years ago. Oh, yeah, then no, definitely not. Because they, I, came, I know, they like, were canceled the and then came back and then were canceled again. And now they came back. So, and also it's still really cool that Billy West and Tress McNeil did bumpers for us all those years ago at, at New York Comic Con. Two absolute yeah. legends. They're both back on the show. So, I'm pumped for that. Everybody's back. The original cast. So, those are my shout-outs. Now it's time for... Our... Our... is right our mark out moment of the week what do you got what do i got nothing on my mind uh is coming to me but what about you so brie bella was on the 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 one hundred thousand dollar pyramid this week and uh-huh which she's like super embarrassed over one of the clips i saw her talking about it on tiktok there's a you know, obviously, you know the gist of the show, right? You got to describe a thing yeah. and get the other person to say it. She, one, of the, one of the words that she had to describe was comma. And she's sitting there describing a coma. <laughs> and, oh, geez. And Strahan was like, the guy The guy obviously didn't get the word and, and the time ran out. And Strahan's like, you were describing uh, a coma. The word, though, was comma. And she just like embarrassingly looks down. But uh, yeah, the two kids from the Goldbergs were on as well. They they have like the they split the show up uh, two celebrities for the one half of the show and then two celebrities for the other half. They were on the other half, and at that final pyramid round, one of the clues was wrestlers. So the guy was listing for oh uh, I think it was for for the guy that plays Adam. Listing wrestlers. Uh-huh. And the guy can literally only list The Rock. He's like, uh, The Rock. And and Sean goes, actors. And he goes, uh, The Rock. <laughs> and then he goes, yeah. wrestlers. So he got it eventually. But I thought it was funny because it's like, I-, I wonder if the guy that was, that had to be giving the clues, was he a wrestling fan to know more wrestlers and was just like, just couldn't think of any or does he only really know the rock which i think is a pretty big thing for the rock to be like well known like that well i think i i would go with that part more than anything if he only named the rock but like no john cena yeah that was pretty surprising that he didn't name anybody else but on the other hand like you mentioned i mean it's a huge thing for john cena i mean uh the rock to be known in that sort of manner i mean the rock even right now we have the 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 writers and actors strike that's taking place and apparently the rock made a seven figure donation to them which is the highest donation of anyone to support their cause now do you uh, think he of all time do you think he did that because he knew the strike was going on and wanted to support them or he did that because maybe there'd be blowback if he shows up 
at SummerSlam, where they'd be like, even I though mean, he would be a hundred percent allowed to do it, they're not. They're not union. I mean, what if he just did it because it's a really, really big tax deduction, and he had I a mean, great that's also, financial year, that's, that's and he needed a big tech. I think he just I mean, had like the 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 highest signing for like an Amazon product. Exactly. Uh, so he made a ton so... of profit, and so this way he doesn't have to pay taxes on all of it. He made a seven figure donation. Yeah. But even still, like, I mean, the, the, forget about the reasons. I think that's a really cool thing that he did. Oh, 100%. Incredible. You know? Also, I think that anytime you go for – anytime that you do something like that, whether it is for the right cause or <laughs> the wrong cause, it's still helping somebody at the end of the day. Yeah. I also kind of marked out uh, over Zach Gowan's theme song apparently being for Kurt Angle. Found that out this week. And oh, it makes it makes so much sense because if you listen to the baseline of Out of My Way, it's the theme song that Kurt Angle used, basically. And I never no. like put that together and I just like that blew my mind. I thought that was pretty cool. Huh. I'm playing it in my mind and I feel like I could hear it. I used to have that on my like workout playlist too. It's such a good <laughs> song. I'm I'm kind of happy that Kurt Angle didn't get it because it's like, I don't think that fits Kurt Angle. The only, the only way I could see that fitting Kurt Angle is during that ECW run. Yeah, but they, but they apparently Vince McMahon that, when he it, was faced, he didn't want him, he didn't want people chanting "You suck" at him. Uh huh. Which I get. So I yeah, but I can't see that being a Kurt Angle, uh, face theme song I, I feel like that's a heel theme song for him which they they took out they they stopped people from chanting you suck by taking out the you suck part of the song when he was in ECW they added like guitar yeah. or whatever to it and like looped it so yeah but that, that was always a good ECW stuff back then Critting, I think that that was one of my favorite Kurt Angles that was like the best time ECW ever had is that what you're saying I mean, I'll, I'll say that too. I think. I mean, I mean, no. But I, I think that that's one of my favorite Kurt Angle eras was when he was just like on his that way ECW out. W Kurt Angle just really mean. Yeah, and he had cool singlets also. Yeah, that too. I mean, I I don't know. I was a big fan of that ECW era. You had Test. Yeah. You had CM Punk. Chris. If Benoit, they build it as anything it. but ECW, it would have been fine. It was fine yeah. for me, but like other people who complain, I'm saying. Yeah, I was I was mostly fine with it too. How dare you call this ECW? <laughs> I but, mean, that's where also you had really the buildup of Mark Henry. Uh, did that come? ECW came first, and then the the World Heavyweight Championship. I believe so. I, I think that he started to get the name in ECW. Then he started to branch off a little bit more. I think. I have been wrong many times, but they did give so much, so many young talent pushes for, from ECW. So, yeah. but sure. that's episode six hundred fifty-one. Thank you so much for listening. Check us out, marking out uh, on Twitter, BTTG one six one on Twitter and Instagram. 
David PTDPT on both, Chris Sweendog on Twitter, CM Sweeney85 on Instagram, Marking Out11 on YouTube, Instagram, Threads, Facebook.com slash Marking Out. Oh, not Twitter, sorry, X. <laughs> <laughs> also, uh, it's like uh, they like WWE went in, they, they changed the, the whole history. They like edited DX t-shirts to just be the X logo now. That's no funny. longer degeneration, it's just X. But That's uh really yeah. Funny. Pro slash marking out, twitch.tv slash marking out, follow us on TikTok at marking out, Google Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, MarkingOut.com, and we wish you the the In your future endeavors. Have a fantastic week.